Today we're going to talk about in our midst and blessings. In our midst and blessings. You know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was mentioned in the song, in our midst. And when we pray, we talk about, you know, what does that mean? We say in our midst all the time. And I, and I was talking with Pastor Brian, we say, you know, blessing all the time. And we say, we'll pray all the time. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for that. Hey, pray for me. Text message, email, text, text, yada, yada, Instagram. Pray, 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 pray. And it just becomes, I think, you know, somewhat of a, in an earthly phrase, somewhat of a cliche. Somewhat of a cliche. Very easy to do. Very easy to say. Very difficult to do. You know, a wise man once said, I prayed for strength. And the Lord gave me difficulties. To make me strong. I prayed for wisdom. The Lord gave me problems to solve. I prayed for courage. The Lord gave me dangers to overcome. I prayed for love. And the Lord gave me troubled people to help. You see, my prayers were answered, just not perhaps in a way that I envisioned. When I pray for love, maybe God's perfect timing for me isn't the love that I pray for, but he gives me what is perfect for me, and he gives it to me at his timing. You see, when we pray, we've turned it into, you know, I had a, a great pastor friend of mine, Pastor Sal Saberna, he coined it as drive through Jesus. When we got something on our mind that we need to pray about, we roll up, we roll down the window, and I say, Lord, I'd like to pray for love, strength, and wisdom. 285, perfect, here you go. Uh, I'd like that by 10 o'clock. That's our life because we're so busy. I always say it all the time, you know, we're busy executives. Y'all probably right now going through a list of everything in your mind that you got to do up to and including beating the other churches to lunch today. All the things that you got to do, right? How many times do we miss an answered prayer because it doesn't come in the form that we want it? Grab your Bibles there. I, uh, I cheated a little bit today. I looked in the pews. They're, they're, those, they're a hardcover thing right there in front of you, down about just below your knee level. Grab your Bibles. If you look at your phone, grab your phones. You know, one of the things I've learned is if you want to have a relationship with the Lord, and this is all new to me, we'll be talking a little bit about that today. Uh, what, what lies in between the covers of this book is some mighty truth which has been a revelation to me over the last six years. And when we talk about prayer, draw your attention to Isaiah 55. Flip to Isaiah 55. And particularly with uh, verses 8 and 11. Flip there on your phone. Flip there in your Bibles. Now, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, <laughs> nor are my ways your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. Verse 11, so shall my word that goes from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Just think about that a second. When you pray, God listens. His ways are not your ways. He knows what you need. He knows everything about you. He, know you. he knew you when he put you together in your mother's womb. And everything that comes forth from him, it will happen. Just perhaps not in ways that we expect. How often do we potentially miss 
and answered prayer. Let's talk about prayer encounters. What does that look like? I was at a church a few months ago, and I was leaving, and I'm the kind of guy after church, I'm gone. My wife's the woman that after church, she waits till everybody else leaves because she talks to everybody, and then she leaves. So that's kind of a, that's a precarious situation. And in my world, I don't know about your world, but my wife's in charge, so I sit in the car by myself for a very long time. So as I'm walking out of this church, I happen to meet a friend that I knew from a long, long time ago. He's a little bit older than I am. And I walked up to him and I said, Bob, how you doing today? And I could tell when I looked at him, it was just kind of, I'm all right, I'm all right. And I just put my arm on his shoulder. I said, Bob, how you doing today? He said, Jim, well, I got, I got medical coming up. He was in a very bad car accident, this, that, and the other. And I said, Bob, can I pray with you? He just kind of looked at me, and I was just standing there right in the foyer of the church, and I just put my mouth by his ear, and I grabbed him. And I prayed over him, and I left. I got a phone call from a relative who attends that church every week. The very next week when they, they stand up and they talk about uh, people give praises and concerns and ask folks for, for prayer and they hand the microphone around, around the congregation, Bob stood up a week later. He said, I have to share with everybody, last week I prayed with someone and I wept all the way home. I've never felt such an overwhelming compassion from our Lord and Savior when we prayed. I can't tell you what that prayer was about. I don't remember. Because it was just the Holy Spirit. And you have no idea the impact that you put on someone when you pray for them. Because the Lord puts on your heart, pray for this person, grab them, grab them, pray for them, and perhaps they will communicate back with you what it meant, but if they don't, that's okay because it's none of our business anyways. Our job is to pray. But that had a resounding impact on this man. Imagine if I was too busy. My wife prayed for 15 years for me. For those of you who are at the Bear Man testimony, Friday and Saturday, you understand what that was like, what my life was like. For those of you who are not, I'll summarize it in one phrase. I was a slave to selfishness. For 15 years, my wife prayed for me. 15 years, she never ceased. After nine years, I was attacked by a grizzly bear. I don't know if she prayed for the bear or not, but that's the way it ended. <laughs> for the next six years, the Lord has been sharpening me. Never cease your praying. I know that there's a lot of husbands praying for their wives and a lot of wives praying for their husbands and a lot of husbands and wives praying for their children. And it doesn't seem like anything's happening because it's not our time, it's God's time. It's all about God's timing. God's timing was perfect. He wanted everything to be exactly set up in me, exactly the way that he wanted me. My wife is praying, praying, praying. She's got all of her friends praying, praying, praying. God is getting me exactly where he wanted me. Boom! In his perfect timing. And six years later, I'm standing here in front of you. Never stop praying. COVID hit back. You remember COVID. <laughs> we travel the country so much, I've had the luxury of having COVID twice, and I've been vaccinated. When COVID hit in March of 2020, everything shuts down. Y'all remember that? 
Well, I'm a big workout fanatic. I love to work out five, six days a week. Our gym shuts down. I have a trainer. Everything is just stopped. Gyms are shut down. My trainer called me. He said, I've been furloughed. That's code for, I'm not paying you, but you get medical. Good luck. He said, Jim, that creates a real problem for me. I take care of my dad. I take care of my, I take care of my grandmother. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, Corey, I'll make you a deal. You show up in my driveway every day at 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. It's March. It's pitch black. I will pay you cash. You will make it. And we will work out of my driveway in the cloak of darkness. He said, no problem. About a month later, my, my, my ministry partner, Pastor Sal, called up. He's like, man, how are you handling all this COVID? I said, well, I mean, I'm working out in the driveway every morning. He says, you're what? I said, I got my trainer coming over every morning. He says, can I come? I said, man, come on. So here we are, me, Pastor Sal, and my trainer. Pastor Sal's leading the church. I'm in Bear Man Ministries, and my trainer's in the middle, who has never been introduced to Jesus Christ. And it's, he's, he's the ping pong, and we're just going, took, 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 all morning long. Pastor, Pastor Sal's preparing for his sermons. I'm preparing for Bear Man testimony, and Corey's just like, what in the world are you guys talking about? After about three and a half, four months of that, I was running around our neighborhood. I run before we, we start working out to get warmed up. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, talk to Corey about a relationship with Jesus Christ. All right. Run with my Labrador. I'm like, okay. I get back to the, back in the driveway. You know, it's pitch black. You know, the little light, the automatic one that comes on the garage when you move, that's on. Sal's over there doing his old man stretches. I'm laying down on the ground. I kid you not. I'm laying down on the ground. Corey stretches out my hamstrings. I got my leg up in the air like that. He's pushing my leg back. I said, Corey, uh, have you ever thought about a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you ever thought about what it would be like to live in heaven for eternity? He's like, you know, yeah, I have thought about that. I said, Corey, do you understand that there is a process that you can go through and you can live in eternity? Oh, thank you. You can live in eternity forever, Corey with the acceptance of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Would you like to hear about that? He says, I would. I stood up like this. I said, Pastor Sal, now's the time. <laughs> Pastor Sal came over. We laid hands on Corey. And that man accepted Jesus Christ in my driveway in the cloak of darkness. So COVID dies down, the gyms open back up. We go back to our gym. It's a nationwide gym, Lifetime Fitness. You probably all have heard of it. We're working out, and Sal and I, are, we, we go back, we have our same trainer, and Sal's kind of walking around like this one, and I says, what's wrong? He's like, I'm, I'm going to miss praying. Because every day when we, before we would leave that driveway, we would all drop on our knees and say a prayer. Every day for the whole period of COVID, from March 20 when it shut down until 2021, whatever the gyms opened back up. We dropped to our knees before we, dropped to our knees before we left that driveway. And now we're back in the public gym, the big ones, and we can't pray anymore. I said, what do you mean we can't pray anymore, Sal? He's like, well, you know, these big places, you know, they, they don't like that. I said, well, come on, let's just drop on our knees every morning right over there. Every day we get done working out with our trainer. We didn't do it in the middle to be recognized, and we sure didn't hide. We drop down in there and we pray. And after a while, people are like, man, what are y'all doing? I said, we're praying. Is there anything I can pray with you about? Well, 
Well, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that, that. Wow, you'd be amazed what you can pray for people about if you ask. We say, that's fantastic. Would you like to pray with us? They're like, absolutely. We go over in the corner and we pray. We've got a picture you can look on Facebook. Somebody took a picture one time. We've got over 13 people in a circle praying in a public gym, and we do it every single day. It is so popular now that they know that we pray every day at 7, 10 a.m. We will have someone that if they're not going to be at the gym, they will text somebody at the gym and say, I know Pastor Sal and Jim are going to pray at 7, 10. Would you please pray for the, ask them to pray for me for this, that, and the other because I can't be there. That's the power of prayer. You know, when you first start to ask people to pray, <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Are you all familiar with the movie Men in Black? Where the, 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 the spaceship guy, he's like a cockroach come down, he occupies the other dude's body, right? And when you first ask people, would you like to pray with us? They're like, oh, pray, oh, it's, it's come to that, oh, pray. <laughs> but it is amazing how fast they get used to it. And when they start seeing their prayers getting answered, all of a sudden they're talking to somebody, Jim, man, come over, man, this is this, come over here and pray with us, come over here and pray with us. And the circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger. What makes these prayers so powerful and why is God's blessing so overwhelming? Flip in your Bibles to Matthew 18.20, if you would. Matthew 18.20. Why are these prayers so powerful? Why? Got your Bibles out, got your apps out, Matthew 18, 20. I see people open their Bible. I will call you out if you don't have a Bible or cell phone in your hand. I can see everybody in here. It's time to go to work. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered, you ready for this? In my name, I am there in their midst. You are literally sitting there praying with someone, and Jesus is right there with you. He's right there. If you believe this book to be the truth, then Jesus is right there praying. He's right there. He is absolutely, unequivocally there. In, in the second part of it, you take a look at, uh, this is a great, take a look at 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 1, or, yeah, 1 Chronicles 4, excuse me, 10. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but if you've ever read you know, 1 Chronicles like 1 through 4 all the way up basically to 9, <clears throat> I fall asleep after like the first three words. Because it's like, you know, read like verse 5. And Asher, the father of Tekoa, had two wives, Hela and Nara. Nara bore him Asham, Hefner, Tamini, and a name I can't pronounce. These was yada, yada, yada. It's going on and on and on. Then all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere. Check this out in 10. Then you have Jabez. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would, four very important things, bless me indeed. Do you know that indeed is basically putting like seven explanation points on it? Bless me indeed. <clears throat> Enlarge my territory. Put your hand on me. And keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. The prayer of Jabez. If you want the Lord in your midst and you want to be blessed, these are incredible scriptures. Let's unpack the meaning, the, the meaning of in your midst. Y'all know, uh, remember uh, when you were a kid and you got in trouble? <clears throat> I grew up on a farm here in Michigan, uh, Unionville. 
If I went to my friend's house and got in trouble, I got smashed by their parents for being in the midst of it, in the middle of it. And then when I get home, I'd have to tell my parents and I get smashed over there. Get smashed everywhere, right? So that's in the middle of I remember when I was a kid, we had this, uh, it was, you know, the 70s, and we had that shag carpet, you know, it's like four inches long. And I took a toothpick. I've got four, three sisters, four sisters. I took a toothpick, and I stuck it in that shag carpet, and I told my older sister, hey, I dare you to step on that. And she comes over, and she just kind of hovers her foot over it. She loses her balance and smashes into that toothpick. I'm like, well... My parents came over, and instead of asking her, what the heck are you doing, they smashed me because, why? I was in the middle of it. That's the definition of in your midst, right there with you. Right there with you. Look at what Scripture says in Daniel 3, verse 23. Flip your Bibles over to Daniel 3, 23. This is the quintessential into your midst. Y'all ready for this? This is a ride right here. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, y'all heard of them, fell down, key word right here, bound into the midst. Hmm, very interesting. They fell down bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Hey, did we not cast three men, keyword, bound, keyword, into the midst, again, of the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking, ready for this, in the midst of the fire, and they are unbound, unbound, and the fourth is like the Son of God. To get unbound, you need Jesus in the midst of your fiery furnace. I don't know if you've ever read the, uh, 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 the book, uh, uh, The Accuser. Is that the name of Sal, The Accuser? Did I get that right? The Adversary. It's about the power of Satan. You have zero power against Satan. None. None. Fantastic book. But if you think that you can protect yourself from him by yourself, we are severely fooling ourselves. The only way that we protect ourselves is to be, we go into the fire bound, Jesus is in our midst, and we come out unbound. If you want to get unbound, you need Jesus in the midst of your fiery furnace. Let's talk about, let's unpack the word blessing. This thing has been watered down. The Lord blessed me with an F-250. Lord, bless me with a, uh, a raise. Somebody probably walked in and said, Lord, please, it would be such a blessing if I walked in here and I had coffee this morning. Bless me with a boat. Bless me with money. Bless me, blah, 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 blah. It's watered down. Blessing is meant to be, in biblical sense, the ability to ask for or to impart supernatural favor. We are literally crying out for the wonderful, unlimited goodness that only God has the power to give us. Only God has the power to give us. You can't be blessed with a cup of coffee. You can get that yourself. You can't be blessed with an F4 250 because you can go to the bank and get that yourself. When the Lord blesses you, 
He blesses you in a way that you look around and you're like, there's no way that this could have happened. I know it had to come from God. That is the meaning of blessing. We are crying out for the wonderful, unlimited goodness that only God can provide. When we ask God to bless us, are you ready for this? Indeed, just like Jabez, Lord, bless me. Explanation, 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 explanation. We ask him to bless us indeed. His power to accomplish great things suddenly finds no obstruction in you and I. You got that? The very nature of God is to have goodness in so much abundance, it overflows into our unworthy lives. That's the very nature of God. He wants to bless us. Here's one of my favorite quotes from the book of Jabez. Our Father is delighted to respond generously. This is so key. When His blessing is what you covet most. Let's repeat that. Our Father is so excited to give us blessings when what we covet most is what He wants to give us. What do you covet? What do you covet? Do you covet a relationship with Him? Do you covet Bible studies? What do you covet? When you covet what he desires to give you, ladies and gentlemen, his blessings will be overwhelming. God's bounty is limited only by us, not by his resources, not by his power, and not by his willingness to give. Here's a question. How often do we pray for his blessings? How often do we drop down on our knees? How often do we stop what it is we are doing and pray? How often? How often do we pray? You know, we pray to a God that he's in all places, he's omnipresent. He's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. And he knows everything. He's omniscient. So our God is in all places, he's all-powerful, and he knows everything. How often do we drop to our knees and pray for him to bless us Expand our territories, keep his hand upon us, and protect us from evil. We long for God to be in our midst. Scripture promises that when we call on God, we can go from being available to being personal. Sometimes when I pray, the Lord nudges me to get down on my knees. I feel it. I get up every single morning. I do my, my, my Bible study at the kitchen table. Drives Pastor Sal crazy because I'll start texting him at 3.30 in the morning. And I'll feel the Father of the Lord just nudge me to get down, on my, get down on my knees. Do you listen to that? Do you? How many in this room have teenage children? Oh, yeah, we got some hands up. I got two of them. They treat me like drive through Jesus. Dad, can I have a 50? Dad, can I have a 20? Dad, 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 dad. I'm sure it's different here. <laughs> How would you act if your children said, Father, Mom, Rebecca has asked me to come over for a birthday party tonight, and I know that you guys have worked all week. I know that you're tremendously tired. But if you would consider and find favor, I would really enjoy going. I've been invited. I'll behave. 
I'll respect the family's last name. Would you consider allowing me to go to her house? What would you say as a parent? What would you say? How do you think our Lord feels when we drop to our knees and we pray like that? He hears those prayers. He wants us. He wants to answer those prayers. So much so. Take a look in, uh, take a look in Luke chapter 22. Man, it's just fun going through the Bible with you guys. Y'all are fun. Quiet. You have to wake up a little bit. Luke 22, uh, verse 31. Luke 22, verse 31 and 32. This is really cool. And the Lord said, hey, Simon, Simon. Uh-oh, what's that next word? Say it out loud. Yeah, there it is. Indeed. How many explanation points? At least like six or seven. Hey, Simon, <clears throat> I got news for you. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, you shall strengthen your brethren. Jesus knew he was going to fail. He knew he was going to fail. <laughs> Peter argued with Jesus. said, no, 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 I'm not going to fail. And the first girl he meets by a campfire, he denies him. Jesus knew Peter was going to fail. He argued with him. Jesus prayed for him anyways. Jesus got in the midst of Peter's business. Jesus wants to get that in the midst of your business, in your business, in your business. He wants to be all up in it. Only God can take a bad thing and use it for his glory. I am living proof of that. I spent 48 years making the devil extremely happy with what I was doing. But what the devil didn't know is the Lord was getting me exactly in the place that he wanted me to be. So he could use me for his good. You go find anybody in the Bible that was a, just a righteous, outstanding citizen. Hmm. The Lord took a knucklehead like me and sharpened me over a very long period of time, 48 years, to use me for his good. To use me for his good. Do we not want to have Jesus in the midst and blessing your successes? Do you not want to have Jesus in your midst and blessing your failures? Do you not want to have Jesus in your midst and blessing your marriages? Your children? Your grandchildren? Do you not want to have Jesus in your midst and blessing your career? How many people in the room have a career? What is it? Like nobody works here or what? <laughs> Do you not want to have Jesus in your midst and blessing your finances? Who would like to have Jesus in their midst and blessing their finances? I mean, come on now. Would you like to have Jesus in your midst and blessing your health? Take a look. What does Scripture talk about in, in your midst? Jeremiah 33, 3. I'm going to rattle off three of them real quick. Call to me and I will answer you. Ta-da! Call to me and I'll answer you. If you believe the Bible to be truth, it just says, call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do not tell me that the Lord is silent when this book is closed. 
Do not tell me that the Lord is silent when this book is closed. Take a look at Psalm 2.8. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. When we, when we were expanding Bear Man Ministries, we were praying for the Lord to use us in a way that only He could accomplish. He got us organized with, a, with a, uh, indigenous ministers over in Uganda and Kenya. We did a partnership. Unbeknownst to us, these ministers had been praying for over 10 years to find an alliance with someone to allow them to take and offer more of the gospel to children to introduce them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. For 10 years they prayed. We started praying. The Lord puts us together. In 2021, because of this partnership that God put together, over 145,000 children gave their life to Christ in Kenya last year alone. The goal this year is 300,000. The Bear Band Mission Statement, the Bear Band Ministry Mission Statement is if but one meeting will go anywhere in the world for one person to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. But let there be no mistake. The goal is 10 million. God put that together. They were praying, we were praying. He's like, woo! Bear Band Ministries, meet Kubamba. Kubamba, meet Bear Band Ministries. I got some work for you guys to do. Psalm 2.8, you ready for this? Or excuse me, John 16.24. Until now, you have asked nothing of me. When's the last time you prayed? You have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. You've heard it a million times. You have not because you ask not. When is the last time you dropped down and prayed? You know, when we were going through COVID... My family thinks, my wife and my, my daughter, she's in ninth grade and my son is in the seventh grade, they think the way to happiness in COVID is having another dog. <clears throat> I already have two dogs. Three's a crowd, y'all know that, right? As I told you earlier, I get up and I run every morning before I work out at 5.30 in the driveway. Our neighborhood is an oval, it's one mile, 1.25 miles. I get up every morning, I run around the neighborhood twice, takes me 30 minutes, I'm not that fast for you big runners out there. People mistake my jog with a walk and I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I take my Labrador and the only thing I don't like my Labrador doing at five o'clock in the morning under the cloak of darkness is having an encounter with a skunk because that ends poorly. <laughs> and as I'm coming around the corner in pitch black, there's a low cloud cover, I can't see anything. We live in a very blue-collar neighborhood, which I love my neighbors. If you knock on their door, they will answer it with a pistol. <laughs> There's no street lights, and we come around the corner, and my Labrador, poo, takes off. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please, no skunk, no skunk. And she just starts circling something in the middle of the road, circling it, circling I'm running. And I run by this thing. I'm like, what the heck was that? And I'm like, I felt something in my I just go back. and like, I go back. and like, I can't see. It's really small. I'm like, what? What is that? My Labrador's just like, what is that? It's this small. And I go to reach down and grab it, and all of a sudden I get like crocodile arms. The longer I reach, the lower my arm gets, right? I'm just afraid I'm going to get my arm down. And, like, and finally, I just got enough courage to reach down. And I grabbed it. And I'm like, what the, what, what the heck is this thing? And I'm looking like there's no sun, there's no street. I'm like, hold on. I'm like, it's a, it's a dog. What the heck is a, what, this dog is tiny, barely fitting upon my hand. 
It looks like it was just born. I'm like, what the, the heck is this? And I'm looking around for more of them, and there's nothing. Then all of a sudden, the devil's like, hey, we got to get going. Pitch that in the ditch. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Then all of a sudden, no, 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 no. You can't throw the puppy in the ditch. Ah, okay. Throw in the ditch. No, throw. Ah, ah. And I put that puppy close to my chest. And I felt its heart. Boom, 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 boom. I said, come on, we're going home. I walked in the house about quarter after five. Walked in the bedroom. My wife's dead asleep. I said, can I talk to you a minute? <laughs> My wife whoo, runs, into the, runs into the kitchen, runs around the corner. She's like, what do you got a dog in your hands for? I'm like, oh, that's what I want to talk to you about. It turns out that this dog is a pure breed black pug. You want to get where it gets really interesting? Two days later, my wife and daughter sat me down. My daughter's crying. I'm like, what are you crying for, man? You just got a dog. She's like, Dad, for the last two months, I pray that the Lord would give us a black pug. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our God works in mysterious ways. I just, the only thing I told him, I said, I wish you'd have prayed for a female because he thinks everything in the house is a wood post. <laughs> That's the power of prayer. Are you going to worry about something that you have zero control over or you want to find true peace and have Jesus in the midst of it all? He gave us free will. The best gift he ever gave us and the hardest to manage. You can do all the worrying you want. You have free will. You can worry all you want. You have free will. Congratulations. Or you can turn it over to Jesus and get him in your midst. You know, the easiest place to pray should be the church. Mm, but it is not. Why is the church the easiest place it should be to pray, but sometimes the toughest? Well, Satan fills our minds with all kinds of reasons not to pray. He loves to whisper in your ear truth, lies, lies, all lies, excuse me, accusations. You can't, you can't pray with somebody and talk about that. Do you know how embarrassing that will be? You're fearful. You know what fear stands for? False expectations appearing real. You can't pray. You don't know how. Do you know what people will think of you when you pray with them and you explain to them what you'd like them to pray for you about? How about this? I should be better than I am. I'm a failure. How many of us talk negative into ourselves? That's the devil. Fail stands for first attempt in learning. Not fail. First attempt in learning. You know... I should be better than I am. There's a great quote by John Newton. He said, the more vile we are in our own eyes, the more precious Christ will be to us. How about this reason for not praying, I'm not worthy? Fill in the blank, ladies and gentlemen. Fill in the blank. Praying is difficult. It's really hard. I remember when I started my company, I was in sales. I'd have to pull into a parking lot and go make that thing called cold calls. Just starting out. If you want to get business, you've got to go call on it. It just don't come to you. Hey, would you mind if I just gave you money? Oh, that's perfect. No, you got to get out of your car. you got to make cold calls. I would drive up to a place where I needed to make a cold call, and I would literally get sick in my car and throw up out the door. I'd be so afraid to walk inside. So afraid, but I'd force myself out of the car. I'd get rid of my lunch. I would walk in there, and I'd do it over and over and over and over and over and over. Thousands of times. 
Anything you do for 30 days creates a habit. If you're not used to praying, the first few times that you do will feel just like me trying to get out of my car and go make a sales call. Because the devil is in my ears. <laughs> you are going to make a mockery out of yourself, and you won't even get past the gatekeeper. But you've got to be able to say, Satan, get thee behind me. Anything you do for 30 days will create a habit. You drop to your knees and you pray every day for 30 days. I can assure you, at day 31 or 32, you'll be walking around with somebody and be like, what's your name? What's your name, ma'am? Yeah, either one of you. Pam. Pam? You pray for 31 days, you walk in here and say, Pam, man, what's on your mind? Is there anything we can pray about? That's how comfortable you get with praying. And once the Lord knows that you're in that mood, he's just going to be filling you with it. Filling you with it. You know, if you take a look at Acts 2, 42 and 43, where it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. You ready for this? To the breaking of bread. Key phrase right here. Great three words. And to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles through prayer. Just as Paul said in Ephesians 3.19, he told the Christians at Ephesus to make it a priority to be, quote, filled with the fullness of God. Let us now, as a church, we're going to set aside some time and we're going to simply pray for each other. We're going to pray. We'll pray that God would bless us just as Paul said, wrote in Ephesians and strengthen us with might through his spirit. I like to lead by example. I will never ask anybody to do something that I wouldn't do myself. I would never do it. I'll jump in front of a train for every single one of you. Now, I'm going to start us off. I'd like to have <coughs> Pastor Conover. Where are you at? I'd like you to come up here, please, if you don't mind, sir. Pastor Sal, would you come up? I'm going to pray over Pastor Conover. I'm going to ask Sal to lay hands on him. When I start praying, I'm going to ask that you would outstretch your arms. Pray over Pastor Conover. Do you understand the amount of fiery arrows that Satan throws this man's way? Can you comprehend how much Satan wants him to fail, feel miserable, quit, give up? I called Pastor Sal, I called this guy right here when he led a big mega church in Houston, Texas, 5,000 people. He had a great message one day. I called him up, I said, Pastor Sal, that was a beautiful message. It spoke to me. Thank you. Do you know what he said on the phone? He almost started crying. Almost started crying. I was like, what's wrong with you? He said, Jim, you don't understand. For every one person that calls and tells me that, I got 15 people in the church to call me and tell me I can do better. I didn't say it right. I misspoke. I wasn't loud enough. I should quit. Do you have any idea? Arrow, Satan sits here with his arrows every time that this pastor thinks about this church, he just goes, shoo, shoo, 
And if it wasn't for the Ephesians coat of honor, he would just be a pincushion. And I would like to pray for him right now. For those of you who love this man and honor this man and respect this man for leading this church and taking those arrows for every single one of you. When you pray together with him, I promise you that this man says, Lord, redirect the arrows from my brother and from my sister and put them on me, Father, for I know that that suit of armor, you will redeflect those arrows. He'll take a bullet for every single one of you guys. And I'd like to pray for him. Is that okay with you? Ladies and gentlemen, let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Conover and his leadership that has guided this church. We thank you for his wisdom and his grace. Keep him in your will and protect him from the fiery arrows of the enemy that have rendered ineffectual so many leaders in the church today. May he be a man after God's own heart to continue to grow in Christ and just be led by the Holy Spirit. Empower him to be an example of a true follower of Christ. Not only in his public ministry, but in the privacy of his own home. Protect and nurture his marriage and may his children honor and serve you. Lord, we pray that you pray, we pray that you protect Lisa, his beautiful wife. We pray that you protect Brielle. Father, we pray that you protect Bethany, her husband Matthew. Father, we pray that you protect Coda, Brianna, Brenna, Brian, Briley, Landon, and Bryson. Father, we know that those arrows just don't come after Pastor Connell. Satan fires arrows in every direction. Father, we ask that you anoint Pastor Conover with your Holy Spirit, so he, like the prophet Jeremiah of long ago, may stand before us and declare, Thus saith the Lord. Give him the boldness and faith of the Apostle Peter to walk on the water when storms blow against his ministry. Give to Pastor Conover the determination of the Apostle Paul to finish the race and keep the faith and bless this pastor with the courage of Joshua, the heart of David, and the wisdom of Solomon. Lord, thank you for Pastor Conover. Help us to trust and obey his leadership. In your mighty name we all said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I love you, man. No more prayer. When was the last time this church got together and pleaded for the filling of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time, as a united church body, we petitioned to God, Oh, put your hand upon me and fill me with your spirit. When is the last time? I'm going to start us off with a congregational prayer. After I have a congregational prayer, I'll give us a few notes of what we're going to do next. We're just going to break down and we're going to pray. If you would bow your heads. Just close your eyes so I can pray over you, please. Get comfortable. Be over your own two feet. Just be present. Satan, get thee behind us. Protect every one of these members and just allow them to take in the words of this prayer. Dear Lord, we are asking for your grace and help in our time of need. Our little faith has brought us to you and has given us hope for an answer that will be favorable. You are sovereign Lord, Lord who desires to do far more abundantly and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. 
We ask that you amaze and humble us by answering our prayers in ways that go beyond our little faith. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, maybe some of this prayer stuff is a little new to you. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, I, I, I think this praying stuff is really good, but I just don't know where I'm at with my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to paint a picture in your mind while your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed. If you, if, if you were to never leave this building alive, if you were to close your eyes and never open them again, And I ask you this simple question. How would you answer it? If you close your eyes and never open them again, are you going to open them in heaven or are you going to open them in hell? Are you asking yourself that question with your eyes closed and your heads bowed? Is your answer, well, I, I, I think I'm going to heaven. I hope so. Somebody told me I was going to heaven. Well, I mean, I, I come here every Sunday. As your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, I'm going to ask for you just to paint something in your mind, and you will paint it perfectly. In Revelation 12, it talks about the Lamb's Book of Life. In that Lamb's Book of Life is a list of every single name that has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and their name is, your name is written in that book. You see the book in your mind? A book that only God would create, it's right there in front of you. Now open that book up in your mind. Open it up. You see the pages coming apart? And as you're looking at that page, you're looking perfectly in the spot where your name would be alphabetically. Do you see your name? Do you see unequivocally your name in that book? Ladies and gentlemen, you'd have to chain me to a pew of this church before I would leave without knowing my name is printed in that book. If you do not vividly see your name in that book, I'm going to say a prayer out loud. All you have to do is repeat it to yourself. And as you repeat this prayer to yourself, you will see right in your mind your name being written in that book as acceptance of Jesus Christ in eternity in heaven. If you want your name in that book and you want to walk out of here today knowing unequivocally, if anyone ever asks you the question, when you die, are you going to heaven? You say, absolutely I am on February 13th. I know I put my name in the Lamb's Book of Life because I accepted Jesus Christ. I'm going to say this prayer out loud. Just say it to yourself. Dear Jesus, Lord, I'm a sinner. I invite you into my heart. Jesus, please sit upon my throne. Jesus, show me your will for my life. I'm going to just close this out in a little prayer. Y'all continue to pray. I'll pray over you as you just, man, finish out. The Lord will tell you when you're done. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of approaching your throne of grace to 
present our needs, our fears, our concerns, our anxieties, and our relationships. May your answer to our desperate requests give you the glory and honor that you deserve. Bless us now as we go our separate ways with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Give us your peace, Father, your joy for the rest of the remainder of this Lord's day. We all said, Amen.